Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Live around the world on the internet and across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator, it is The Michael Duke Show. Hello and good morning to you, my friends. How are you doing this beautiful, beautiful day? I appreciate you guys coming in and being part of it this morning and uh, we love having you with us. It is uh, the Wednesday edition of the Michael Duke show. I just can't fathom. How long is a fathom, says Robbie? A fathom is six feet. I mean, interestingly enough, six feet is a fathom. So just in case you were wondering, I just can't fathom it. It's only six feet away, sister. That's what it's all about here. Um, All right. Well, good morning and welcome to the program. It is um, it is full boat day today. And uh, we've got uh, we've got some good guests lined up for you on this uh, bright and well, gonna be sunshiny, I think, pretty much for the most part, sunshiny day uh, on the uh, on the old radio program. Coming up this morning in hour one, we are going to be speaking with uh, our guest Brendan Carpenter, who is a GOP state house candidate for District Six. Uh, <laughs> 61 for district 27. I just got confused for a second there. <laughs> I obviously have not had enough beard curler coffee this morning. So sorry. Uh district 27 <clears throat> in the state house district, which is the seat currently held by uh uh David Eastman. And so we're going to talk with him about, uh, you know, what has made him decide to run against Eastman and what sets him apart uh, and why uh, why we should be voting for him. And uh, we'll be talking uh, with Brendan Carpenter here in just a few moments uh, to kind of kick things off and get things uh, all squared away. In hour two of the program, it is Wednesday, and yes, it is confirmed the shower hour of power. That's right. State Senator Mike Shower will be joining us uh, here in um, uh, in just uh, about an hour, and we'll be picking things up with him. Now, it's interesting. I um, I uh, reached out to his opponent, uh, Doug Massey, both through the email address that was provided to the state of Alaska, uh, which bounced back. And then through his website, and I have yet to hear back from them. Um, uh, I guess I should. <clears throat> I guess, in case, just in case it, uh, just in case it it came back. Nope. Still, still nothing. I was just, I just was checking to see if for some reason I'd missed the email, so I just quickly scanned my emails or searched them, and uh, still no response from Doug Massey. I'd like to have him on the program to talk about his candidacy, but. Uh, 
So far, no joy in Mudville for uh, for that one. Anyway, um, <clears throat> so that's what we're that's what we're looking at here today. Ben Carpenter, hour one. Not sorry, Ben. That I knew that was going to happen. I knew that was going to happen sometime this morning. Brendan Carpenter, hour one, candidate for uh, state house in District Twenty Seven, and then Mike Shower. So boom, there you go. Nailed it. That's it. Nailed it. Um, all right, we're going to then uh, jump over to um, uh, we're going to uh, jump over to a couple of pieces of housekeeping. Um, as I mentioned earlier this week, um, I have decided to take a little bit of time off, and uh, we're going to uh, be hanging out. Uh, my wife and I are going to be hanging out doing some stuff. Uh, so I am going over to. Um, uh, I'm going to not be here on Friday. Um, so on Friday, I will not be here. So I will be off this Friday and the upcoming Monday as well. Yes, I know. I'm a slacker. And for those of you who have asked, because some people have asked, well, you know, you really should, uh, some of the people in the chat room, you know, you really should consider so-and-so as a guest host while you're not here. Or you really should consider... You know, this person as a get. Let me explain to you how this works. <clears throat> Can I give you a little bit behind the uh, behind the uh, behind the curtain stuff? So my studio is in my house. My studio is in my house. I have a professional studio in the house, um, about ten feet from my bedroom. And uh, so uh, to have somebody else come over and do the show. I mean, that would. I mean, would that not be weird? Invite somebody over to my house, have them do all the things that I do, which took me years to kind of figure out how to make all this stuff work the way that it works right now, when when it does work. Um, and, and, and you have to do it over at my house and come in while everybody else is asleep in the house. And it's, I mean, it, wouldn't that be weird? I think it's just better if for a couple days you guys hang out with somebody else you know, whether that's Michael Gallagher or uh, Gorka or, um, you know, America USA or wh whatever program, alternate programming, the various stations and translators are going to play for you. I think that's better than having somebody come over to my house in the middle of the morning and doing all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, it's 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 crazy. Um, anyway, so. Yeah, I I would that would I just think that would be weird, right? Hey, come on over and fill in for me. Come over to my house all the way out here in Wasilla at you know four thirty in the morning, four o'clock in the morning, and come on in and just you know let yourself in and or wake up one of my kids to come into the house and no, <clears throat> no. So I'm taking a little time off, right? I'm just taking a little. It's just a day or two, just a day or two. Uh, so anyway, again, I will be off this Friday and the coming Monday, and you could use that time wisely by listening to you know whoever replaces me. And in your spare time, you could listen to the uh, you could listen to the podcasts for uh, uh, you know to to get back to get caught up. All right, gets all it's all good. Um, so that's the one bit of housekeeping. Um, we are up on Facebook and YouTube and Twitch this morning. Uh, I talked a little bit about it yesterday. We've got a new piece of software that we're using to broadcast out there. 
and it's really pretty slick. I'm kind of I kind of excited about it. It's um, um, it, you know, it was uh, it was some money, but it was well worth it. And uh, I think that it's uh, I think there's and by the way, special thank you to the Common Sense Core members um, who were part of. Uh, Helping to fund that. Um, I've talked about the Common Sense Core in the past. It is our cool kids club, the fan club uh, on Patreon. And really what it does is it helps support the show in uh, in additional ways. It's our it's kind of our extra little projects fund um, where money comes out of it to help. You know, uh, I just now uh, last weekend built a brand new broadcasting computer. Um, that I'm going to be, it's all ready to go, but it's going to take me a weekend, not this weekend. It's going to take me a weekend to, I have to tear everything out of the studio, get everything kind of rewired. I've got a, I've got a new monitor. I've got some new stuff, uh, just to make it better. And all of those dollars that go into the common sense core that come into the show from Colin common sense core members, they all come back to fund the show. And so this piece of broadcast software that I'm using now um, is courtesy of your friends uh, over in the Common Sense Core, who also get access to our own Facebook page. We've got a private Facebook group for the Common Sense Core members where they can share stories back and forth, and uh, we can chit-chat in there. They get um, T-shirts and coffee mugs. I did that run of swag for the show the uh, here a couple weeks ago, and they got a deep discount on that. Um, and, uh, it's, uh, so if you hear me talk about the common sense core and all the new people who are involved, in fact, I saw that we had it, that Kevin became a new common sense core member. Um, uh, that was recently, uh, I saw Kevin, uh, jumped in and I want to say thank you to Kevin and thank you to, uh, um, uh, to, uh, uh Jen, who uh, was also one. I met Jen yesterday. She came in and, um, uh, um, picked up her merchandise from me while I was in Anchorage yesterday. That was nice to meet her. But any anything that you do by joining the Common Sense Corps just helps support the show. That's really what it's all about. Uh, so you can find out more about the different levels of support and what they offer and what you can get Beard Curler Coffee. You can get coffee mugs and show swag and discounts. And uh, Jen said she even looked at the level where she could have dinner with my wife and I. That's a deep one, but we're more than happy to do that with you. Go check it out, patreon.com slash Michael Duke Show, or just go to michaeldukeshow.com and click on the Join the Core banner at the top of the page. It's how you support the show and keep us thriving. Well, that's a, that's a lot of, um, that was a lot of, uh, of, of housekeeping stuff, wasn't it? It was just a lot. But partially because I really didn't want to get into the, I really didn't want to get into the some of the stories here. Um, it seems like now, I mean, I've made no bones about it that I, um, as far as Republican candidates for the House, that um, I like baggage over Palin, simply because I believe that Palin has some baggage with her, and you know, I mean, she's a nice lady. I've known her for a long time. Uh, interviewed her multiple times when she was before she was governor, when she was governor, talked, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, but, uh, you know, one of the reasons that I was looking at baggage over Palin was that, again, she brings a lot of stuff with her, right? And of course, this blew up all over Mustard. I, I, and I don't know, Mustard's a little bent out of shape about. I mean, it's pretty obvious that she's 
not a Palin fan, uh, Suzanne Downing, not a, not a huge Palin fan. And, uh, he, uh, she, she's got this whole, this whole story, this long, long story about Sarah Palin and, uh, her boyfriend, uh, uh, Ron Duguay and, uh, uh, the former NHL player and his previous girlfriend, who's now like vomiting all over social media about their love triangle and blah. I mean, I mean, it's just like another episode of as the world turns, this is just the whole thing. I was just like, this is this. Wow. Just wow. Um, but there is a more interesting story coming out. The the I don't know if you listened to the candidates forum on KINY radio uh, on Monday. They had a they had Peltola and Begich and Palin all in the studio, and um, there was some interesting observations. They actually have a video up of it on the congressional candidates uh, forum. And uh, there's a lot of body language and a lot of interesting things. The most inter- interesting things uh, for me um, was the fact that forum watchers noted both Palin and Peltola studied their notes continuously during the hour of questions and answers. And that Palin often read her answers from her notes. Baggage did not have notes for the forum. That to me, I mean, I'm not saying you can't have notes. I'm just saying when you are confident and comfortable enough to know exactly what you need to say without having, I mean, I, there you go. That, I think that's enough for me. That's enough for me. But yeah, the rest of these stories that were coming up today, I'm just like, whoa, this is way too, you know, it read like the headlines of the National Enquirer. I was like, oh, Lord. All right. Um, Okay, let me. I guess uh, I got uh, too many bells and whistles here. Let me uh, let me jump to the uh, let me jump to the break. Why? Because Brendan Carpenter is coming up next. Going to be talking with him here in a hot second. The Michael Luke Show continues. Brendan Carpenter, GOP State House candidate for District Twenty Seven, our guest up next. It is the Michael Luke Show. Common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. We'll be back with more here in just a moment. If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay, we're in the break right now. Uh, Good morning, good morning, good morning. Uh, I, I see you saw, I, yes, I did see the, uh, I did see the Biden, uh, Skyrim, Biden and Skyrim deep fake. That was some funny stuff. Thank you for sharing it with me, Anthony. I appreciate it. Um, Oh, wow. Uh, Sandy is not uh, holding back here. She says, I was very disgusted that Suzanne ran with that baloney just because she didn't like things Palin did when she was governor. 
and I told Suzanne that I was extremely disappointed in her story and shame on her. Ow. Ow. <laughs> okay, yeah. No, I mean, I just read the headline and I was like, what? What is the... What is the deal on this? What is the deal? Because um, it did. It read like it was a. It read like it was the World News Weekly or the National Enquirer. It was crazy stuff. <clears throat> um, what makes you think baggage will not pull a walker? Well, I don't know. Um, what makes you think anybody won't pull a walker? What you makes makes you think he won't pull a Dunleavy or a Palin or a. I mean, name the thing, Robbie. What, 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 you know, there's no guarantees of anything. There is no such thing as a guarantee in these situations. I can only look at his past track record and see that he's been a conservative for, I mean, his entire adult life. He is the black sheep of the, of that part of the family along with his dad and his mom. So, um, I'm, you know, I, I I'm not too, I'm not too worried about it. Um, I will also be writing in Chris by, uh, and these are the days of our lives. And that's exactly what it sounds like. Greg's been a member for a long time. Absolutely. Um, of the Common Sense Corps. Sorry, I'm jumping around here a little bit. Um, common Sense Corps is a good place to present new ideas that are common sense. That's where I first laid out my idea of the two dividends per year and the Hammond bond. And God bless Randy. He got just about as much love in there as... Uh, uh, <laughs> As, as he would uh, here in the chat room as well. Um, hope it's something fun. Well, Greg, I might see you this weekend. Just saying. Just saying. Um, all right. Rick said he got him a cave sign yesterday at his drive, delivered by the man himself. Yeah, see? That's what happens when you're big wheel, when you're a, when you're a big wheel going on. Um, all right. Uh, we have got uh, our guest getting lined up here. I believe we now have Brendan Carpenter on the uh, program ready to rock and roll. Let's uh, make sure we've got him good. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm well. How are you? You know, it's another beautiful day. It looks like it's probably going to be another hot one today, so not a bad not a bad day for the middle of the week. Wish I was off doing something else uh, sometimes, but this is uh, good enough for now. Yourself? <laughs> I'm doing well. Doing well. Good. Couldn't be happier. Good. All right. Well, we're going to come back to you here in about, um, oh, about 60 seconds or so. We're going to be back to you here. So hold the line and we will, uh, we'll be, we'll be jumping in on this and, uh, starting this interview. This is going to be real easy. So no, no panic. Um, yep. It's, I, I'm hoping it's going to be a good weekend because, uh, today is August 3rd. Thank you. Um, yes, I know today is August 3rd. Does it say something else? Did I miss something? Did I screw something up and put August 2nd as the date? I don't know. It is. I screwed it up and put August 2nd as the date. Thank you for catching that. This is what happens when you do part of the prep for the show the day before and uh, put it in. So truth is light done. Hook me up on Twitch by correcting my dates. Wrong date. Sorry can't help it. It is what it is. Uh, can I fix it? I can. Look at that. I could fix it. I got 20, I got 20 seconds here to, to fix it. So, uh, I'm gonna, now I'm gonna, I'm gonna fix it. I got 15 seconds. See, see how this works. Look at that. 
I saved it. I made it, made this happen. Thank you, folks. All right, Brendan Carpenter is our guest. We're going to jump back into it. Here we go, the Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. All right, welcome back to the program. Appreciate you coming on board and joining us. We are continuing now with our candidate interviews for various guests around the state of Alaska or various candidates around the state of Alaska. Today we're jumping up into the Matsu District 27, which is currently the district that is being held by uh, David Eastman. And uh, we've got a candidate who jumped in on that race. Brendan Carpenter joins us, and uh, we're going to have a discussion with him about, you know, why he decided to do this and what makes him different and uh, what is the, you know, what's what's the, the situation here? What's the story? So Brendan Carpenter joins us uh, to discuss. Good morning, sir. Good morning. How are you? You know, again, a beautiful day in paradise. We can't complain. It's God's country. We can't complain up here. That's for sure. Amen. Um, all right, Brendan. Well, you know, first and foremost, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, uh, what, you know, who you are, where you are, where you came from, give us a little bit of backstory and then we'll move into the, uh, then we'll move into the madness that is you deciding to run for state office. So let's, <laughs> yeah. let's start off there. Uh, well, I was born and raised here in Alaska, <clears throat> born in Anchorage and moved out here into the Valley when I was like nine years old, I believe it was. So I've lived here pretty much my whole life. Um, graduated from Osceola High School in 87. Went into the military. Came home for a few years. Um, did a little college in uh, at a Bible college in North Dakota. And came back home and have been here ever since pretty much. I lived in Anchorage for a few years. Uh, I was married. have two uh, kids. One's 18, lives in Idaho. Uh, my daughter is 15 and lives in Anchorage with her mom. So, uh, what do you I've, do? Uh, what's your background? What do you do? I mean, what's your profession? Give me a So, moment. I've worked with um, the youth of Alaska for uh, probably close to 15 years in a bunch of different roles from coaching football to working in the Anchorage School District to uh, the um, Alaska Military Youth Academy. Um, Switched jobs a little bit. Try the last couple of years. I've been trying to start a business with. Uh, I work with epoxy, building tables and stuff. Mm. Um, that's a fat. By the way, sidebar, sidebar. That's a fascinating <laughs> hobby. I uh, I have been. I have watched several hours of YouTube videos of people doing that because I love woodworking. I do. Uh, I'm an amateur. I do a little amateur on the side. Nothingness. Uh, but to watch those guys pour those big pieces of maple and everything else and, and do tables, it's it's an amazing. So my hat's off to you if that's the case. You're going to make a job out of it. That is a that is a, a heck of a of a uh, of a uh, of an attempt because it's a lot of work for sure. It is. It's it's a lot of fun. It's um. So I was refurbishing like tables and countertops that people would throw away and. Uh, redo that and t turning it, turning wood, like, um, refurbished countertop, turning it into a table 
to make it look like granite or marble or a geode and actually have people, I don't know, fake people out that actually think it's a stone is a lot of fun. Right, right. So uh, a little bit of that. And then one day, Brendan Carpenter looked in the mirror and said, <laughs> I think today is the day that I lose my mind um, and I'm going to throw my hat in the ring. So I, I often ask this of, uh, of new politicians or new candidates is, you know, what, what exactly did you? And was it one thing? Was there like an aha moment where somebody did something and you just got so or was it like the straw that broke the camel's back and that you're just like enough is enough? I'm, you know, throw the window open. I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. <laughs> I mean, what was your aha moment there? It was kind of a combination of things. Um, I've never been afraid to talk. I've always been a talker. So like. Pretty much uh, since I was a kid, everybody said that this is kind of the path that I would head to, and I never really believed them. For a long time, I didn't think I could or whatever. Um, so I've kind of more or less just finally believed everybody. And the moment was, you know, one more time we lose the PFD because of one of our own, a Republican. So I kind of just got tired of I don't know. We need to change how we elect people, I think, what what our views are. We keep electing the exact same type of people and getting the exact same results. <laughs> I think and that, so I think they call that the definition of insanity okay. doing the same <laughs> yeah. thing over and over again. Exactly. And so um I uh had been kind of been nudged and and uh, prodded, pushed asked uh, and told that I should run, that this was the time. So I kind of just answered the call, so to speak, and um, jumped in. This might have not have been where some people thought that I should start, but I said, why not? Right. If not who, then uh, if not me, then who? And if not now, then when, right? Kind of thing. And, and, well, yeah, definitely that. And like uh, I've told a couple of people, this isn't like a career for me. It's like Maybe, maybe I'm the, you know, I believe I'm the right guy for this particular time. And after that, but you know, the chips are going to fall wherever they, wherever they fall. But right now for what I see in our district, we definitely need some, some uh, working together with, with the party kind of representation. Well, and that, that's going to lead me into my next question, which is, uh, you know, You've got a you've got a candidate in there who has got uh, you know a, a very solid following. Um, he tends not to play well with others, uh, and uh, you know, like I've said in the past, I agree with probably eighty, maybe eighty-five percent of what uh, David uh, you know stands for or believes in. But I just I find that the way he gets to the destination is problematic in many ways because uh, it can be very alienating and everything else. And, you know, this, this is a team sport. It's not something you can do all by yourself. Um, if you are up there all by yourself, all you're doing is taking the slings and arrows and martyrdom out there instead of That's true. moving the needle. So what sets you apart from David and, and you know, what? why run against him um, in that regard, you know, because of that? So give me some give me some of your thought process. There. Well, I working with youth, like uh, coaching football or – at the military youth academy, it's it's a team, it's a team endeavor. Uh, you're never going to be able to do it by yourself. Um, I I think our form of government is set up that way. It, you necessarily have to work together 
to get your idea processed so others will join you in getting it voted on and pushed through. So to sit there, let's say, and think that I'm going to fill out like 30 amendments or 30 bills and just write them and throw them in. And with nobody else helping you out, are you just kind of plugging the system, slowing the system down? And the ability to work together, um, I guess, apparently not everybody has. Uh, and as a, as a voter, we're kind of the boss. So I'm stepping out of that, but my decision to come in was basically, I don't really care if it's 39 other people or you, something's not working together here and we need to uh, fix that. It needs to be resolved. And you have a track record now of not being able to do that. So, okay, maybe this isn't for you. Maybe we should try and get some, some um, representation that's effective right, that right. can work with others. Well, and, and uh, I mean, I think that that's uh, right. Ed Carpenter in the chat room says, uh, uh, says experience working with teenagers makes you preeminently qualified to serve in the legislature. Can't think of a more appropriate training. Um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of, it, that's what it feels like anyway, a lot of times when we're looking back on what's going on with the legislature <laughs> is basically, uh, you know, there's a bunch of teenagers in there doing their thing and you're like, yeah, yeah, that just, that makes, that makes no sense whatsoever. Does, does taking, you know, I, I see it this way. Like I've, I've talked with uh, Mr. Eastman. He's a good man. I like him, but sometimes, you know, like when you're cooking, you take one ingredient out. And that's all you needed, and it becomes a, a great meal. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that 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 piece was really bad. It just means that in this particular recipe, it didn't really fit. Right. Well, again, uh, you know, it, again, problematic when you get stuck on one thing, and you, uh, you know, th- how you get to a destination sometimes is almost as important as the destination, especially when you're working with Agreed. people. You know, I totally agree. Um, and I, like I said, I, I agree with uh, his views, probably 85, not all of his views, but probably 85% of his views. Um, but you've got Is that to, enough? Well, yeah, you got to, that, well, with his, with his own words and his own actions, um, I may agree with 90% of it, but according to him, that's not enough. You know, a budget can't be voted on because it's not a hundred percent to what I want. So by his own actions and his own words, necessarily, can you vote for him if it's if you don't agree with a hundred percent? Apparently not. Yeah, um, I is uh, it's this is this is some interesting stuff. Uh, the PFD vote. I mean, that was um, that was probably. I don't more, understand. Go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> go ahead. No, I was just going to say. I think that was probably one of the most shocking votes from somebody yes. who has been fighting that way for a long time. And to take some kind of stance on this of something that absolutely does not move the needle at all, and yep. then to take that money from people, um, I think. I mean, as a constituent of, of that, w- what was your thoughts as you watched that vote? <laughs> I kind of had my mind went into like three little trails of thought. The first one was from a strategic standpoint. When you see that happening, and you say, "Oh my gosh," that means that in the Senate, when they rolled the leadership, there had to be some Democrats that that joined on board. So you had bipartisan support for the budget and for the PFD. You would think that you would go, okay, so those Democrats probably aren't going to do, especially some of the ones that we now know join. 
you look and you say, well, they're probably not going to do that. In my mind, I've never been in the legislature because so, I'm not a politician. So, but, but in my mind, just looking at it, I thought they're probably not going to do that unless they have somebody in the house that's going to kind of cover them for, for switching sides, right, for crossing the lines, which would mean that all we got to do is vote yes, and we have a precedent-setting PFD that's statutory in its original intent. And that's, that's a good precedent, and it's huge right now with everything that's going on with the inflation. Well, I guess it's not inflation right now. We're changing the term on that as well. But you get what I'm saying, like the economic stressors that's happening, that, that, that would have been huge. So I don't understand then from a strategic standpoint of just being down there and looking and following the process going, hmm, this is what's up. The other part of me says if, if abortion or, or the, uh, the budget wasn't conservative enough, you're, you're one amongst 40 representatives, 20 20 senators, so you're one amongst 60, and it was bipartisan in the House or in the Senate coming to you, and you're the one that's going to say it's not conservative enough, so you're going to say no. All right, so you decided to you decided to go on your own. Well, how did that work out? We got we got a much bigger budget, so can't really say you did well on getting a more conservative budget. We got half a PFD, so how do you say you're for it? And we still have abortion. So what did you resolve? Right. What's going on on your own? And the third part of me is this says, as a, as a Marine, as a chewing dirt, like it's time to toe the line, raise your shield. Where were you? You know, like as a representative of 16 to 18,000 people in my district, I'm responsible for one vote and one vote only. And that's mine. So it doesn't matter how she voted, how they voted, how he voted, how they might vote, how they did vote. We know how you voted, and that was a no. And now afterwards, it's not okay to say, well, we didn't have the no You don't know if we had the numbers. You might have been the very linchpin because you're kind of crazy down there with what you do. Right. You might have been the linchpin for maybe three to five Democrats who were going to cover the, the Senate uh, Democrats, and they said, well, you know what, we'll vote how it goes. That way we're not swinging out there in the wind. And as soon as you voted no, you gave them the reason to say no. And now you're trying to hide and say, well, we didn't have the numbers anyway. There's right. no way. You're responsible right. for your vote, and you voted no at the time when we could have set a good precedent. Brandon Carpenter is our guest, GOP State House candidate for District 27 up in the Matsu Valley. We are going to uh, continue with David here in just a second, but we are already up at the break. And so we're going to continue our discussion with him here in just a moment. Don't go anywhere. The Michael Luke Show, common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. When we get back, we'll dive down into some of the details with Brandon and see what he has to say. And we'll, uh, we'll continue with this here in just a moment. The Michael Luke Show, common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. We're broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. 
streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. All right. Uh, we're in the break right now. Brendan Carpenter is our guest. Uh, Brendan, we don't like to repeat stuff uh, because we're on commercial break for the uh, for the radio station. We don't like to repeat stuff. So okay. we uh, we kind of diverge sometimes. I want to talk, quite honestly, more about the epoxy table thing. I, I think... <laughs> I mean, this is just such fascinating stuff. I mean, up here, um, how do you get some of the, you know, the 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 slabs in the woods? I mean, uh, I, I haven't I, I haven't gone that far. I've okay. had to use so I'm so to be honest with you, my brother died June 9th, and I was using his garage. Oh. So now I have no, I I don't have the space or a place to really do it. And I was just breaking out. I was going to start using cottonwood and birch. I found a. I have between you and me. I've found that a lot of the birch trees that grow in the swampy areas yeah. have a really have a really cool uh, grain design. Oh, okay. Uh, like it's kind of weird. It's it's much the same, but there's um, what's the right way to say it? Some of the grain become is a bit darker. So I don't want to necessarily. It's not like regular spalted. You know, it's not going to be like bird's eye birch. Right, right. But it's but it's kind of cool. Some of the grain pattern is you get a lot. Some of I, some of the lines, I guess, as you see the grain, are um, are over pigmented, so it's really dark brown going through it with some of the lights. It's just it's it's a bit different. That's cool. Uh, <clears throat> I love that. I follow a guy down in uh, Oregon who, uh, oh yeah, who, who Cam. Does- uh, who Blacktail does Blacktail Studios? Blacktail Studios, yeah, that guy, man. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> he does some amazing stuff. I mean, I just watch this and go, "Wow!" You know, yeah, he's he's crazy. He's seen some of my stuff. I I, I watch him. I instead of just pouring the black in between the pieces, I wanted to do like like doing cottonwood and uh, working um, working like to make the the epoxy in between the wood to look like. Um, like Alaskan quartz, maybe with a gold vein. Right, right. So it looked like it was the stone, and you just kind of matched them and glued them together, so to speak. Oh wow, that would be that would be super cool. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that that would be uh, that that would definitely be an interesting business. I mean, it it definitely is a lot of work, but in the long run, if you are able to kind of corner the market like that and be the first person that does that kind of stuff, I mean, the problem is, of course, is you'd have to find pieces and have them shipped up to you. That, that's yeah. that's there's no way i could get yeah. a table having the wood shipped up here now you just turned a ten thousand dollar slab like cam works with and you turn that into like a what fifteen thousand yeah exactly i mean it's it's kind of crazy you'd have to take a trip outside and bring a bring a trailer load full of stuff back with you just to make it work <laughs> you know just so you know um since you kind of work with wood i i'm just now getting into the wood side of it but so I retrieved a bunch of um, harvested a bunch of uh, birch bark, and um, there there's some really cool things you can do with that. Like part of me was thinking that I could um, epoxy some of that birch bark down onto lesser wood, and you'd have a really cool look. Even if you just kind of epoxied over the outside of the birch? Yeah, no, exactly. If you were able to to adhese it, to glue it, or, or put it down on some other piece and then pour over yeah. the top of it, yeah. that would be, that would be yeah, kind would of be amazing. Kind of a... You know what would be cool is kind of a mosaic of different different textures different. and patterns and birch, uh, birch bark laid out and, yeah. and then epoxied over. That would be, yeah. It's really cool. People don't understand, like, 
<clears throat> this epoxy. So you were talking about where do I get it? So uh, shout out to some really, really good people. Uh, Greg Hutchins owns Alaska Resin Supply out here in Wasilla. Mm-hmm. And that they do an absolutely awesome job. Uh, Clayton does a lot of the ordering. Um, but like if, so people ask me why I don't do the floors and that's because I'm 53 and it's not as easy to get down on my knees as it yeah. used to be. Who wants to do that? Uh, <laughs> that's what people it, like garage experts, <laughs> that's what people like garage experts are for. They can do that stuff. You know, yeah. let them, they do that all day long. You, you this yeah. is like all hand built stuff. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll have to make sure I'll touch base with you later because I wanted to get, I've been buying epoxy in the past when I've done some small, tiny little projects just to test it out. I've been getting the stuff at like Home Depot, some deep pour and some other things, but yeah, Home I, Depot, Michaels is another place. Yeah. But, uh, I definitely wouldn't mind getting a little better handle on that. That's a, that's something that I love to, I love to watch and I, the, I, I'm a tinkerer. I'm a dabbler. I'm definitely not a professional, but I would love to do some home projects for that. That would be great. So it's, 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 it's a, it's the, uh, like I've done other kind of cool fancy things. Like I got into epoxy. I, when I worked at the Anchorage school district during the summer, I would, uh, do interior paint. So I, and if they allow, I could like turn a wall and make it look like leather or make it look like rock, you know, kind of do faux finishing Yeah. with the interior paint. And I saw a video of the epoxy and I was just like, oh, my God, I've got to try that. Nice. I've worked a little bit with concrete, trying to mold concrete. And I thought that was a fun, fun uh, medium to work with. But the epoxy is just it's really More, cool. It's really crazy. All right. Hold on. We can now we can go back to the serious stuff. <laughs> hold the line. Uh, Brendan Carpenter, our guest. Folks, if you like what you see, like and share. Let's get back to it. Here we go. All right, welcome back. Brendan Carpenter is our guest, GOP uh, candidate for State House District 27. Uh, we were talking a little bit here about uh, who he is and kind of what sets him apart. Um, and I think uh, basically just to kind of concise it down and, and uh, re- recap, uh, you're basically willing to you know work with other members of your, well, your own team, obviously, I think is the, is the biggest thing, the Republicans. Uh, and negotiate with folks that you don't agree with, right? I mean, you're you're willing to sit down at the table and have a have a, a discussion. Am I right? Hammer it out. That's right. You know, the, the, how I've uh, what I've come to realize is, so you go down there and you caucus with your party, so to speak, um, right? We all know that there's leadership down there. So I kind of figure as a rookie is knowing, and um, we send the right team down there if everybody does their part. What, there's going to be there's going to be a, a pretty good decent size of, of newbies down there, but I think that's good. It puts in fresh ideas. It puts in um, fresh blood, and we can learn together. And we've got a leadership that if we need to work with the other side, that's what the leadership can do. We can learn as we go. You know, um, I think there's a lot of us that are looking at this, and you know, f- for me personally, um, what some people say I might not have, like in the knowledge of this and that, that can be taught. Like you can teach somebody what we're looking at, how to do this and 
stuff like that. You can learn negotiate, negotiating. But um, apparently there, there's other things that not everybody learned on the playground, and that's working together, playing well together, uh, sharing, uh, understanding that there's a little give and take in negotiations, and it can't be, you know, nope, we're all human, and nobody likes ultimatums. Right. So like, so an end all be all got to be, it's going to do it. Just, nobody likes that. And if the right. other side is just as adamant uh, on a particular issue, then what do you get done? So we just had Roe v. Wade kind of turn. And here in Alaska, we have nothing. Why? Because for a long time, we've been stopped on any legislation because certain particular people have an end all be all only if it doesn't end it completely and burn it down right now, it's not good enough. Right. Incrementalism. Well, incrementalism for them is a dirty word. They don't want yeah. to move. They don't want to move one step towards the goalpost. They want to take the ball all the way into the end zone. All the way into the end zone. So you're trying Hail Mary's the whole game and what happens. So maybe you get one or two, but it's not a high percentage play. Right. All you need is 10 yards. You know, that's a first down. All you need is 10. So having right now, if we had our foot in the door, you know, if we were if we weren't standing outside the front yard, we'd at least be at the front door or something. Do you know what I mean? Right. Instead of standing out in the cold wondering what are we doing and then we're going to become what an abortion tourist hot stop. You know, right, exactly. No. Uh, Brendan Carpenter is our guest. Uh, we're talking about his candidacy for House District 27. Brendan, uh, you've—I'm uh, assuming you've—you have uh, uh, declared you're going out there. You're meeting some of the folks, some of your constituents, some of the you know potential voters. I am. Um, what are folks saying? I mean, specifically, especially because I mean, let's face it: there is a following for your opponent. He's got a—he's he's, you know—he's got a real good—he's uh, got a real good following. They're very adamant. Um, and so when you go out there, do you meet them? Do you meet other people? What are their thoughts on the, you know, things like the PFD and the payout and, you know, what's, have, what's the reaction been so far, uh, from so the constituency? There's a lot of, um, what do you, I don't know if I'd say there's a lot of anger. There's a lot of, I mean, I was one of them. Like we had the, we had the PFD basically ripped away from us for no real reason. And we had an opportunity to get it all back. Doesn't, you know, it just doesn't make any sense. And I think uh, from my perspective of going out and knocking on the doors and talking to people, and again, I've lived here pretty much my whole life. So I've talked with a lot of people that I've known for years. And there's, um, there's a lot of um, 17% to 20% is the bar for, for, um, election turnout right 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 and so that was a that was came up in a in a little candidate kind of talking thing um as a question and you have to ask yourself what kind of product are we putting out there to get that to raise you know that i i believe that's part of this um i don't know if cynicism is the right word but this kind of just i'm done it doesn't make any difference what we do we finally send down a team and they all say we're Republican. And yet here we are in the exact same spot time and time again. And it's one of the people that says we're Republican. You know, um, that's a real issue. We, we need to up that 20 percent, that 17 percent. And one of the ways we do it is by actually um, 
listening to our constituents. You know, there's a question that I've gotten is, you know, is your Christianity going to influence? Well, yeah, yeah. My belief system is going to have everything to do with how I vote. And people are going to elect me somewhat based on that. You know, if I was a Muslim, it would affect it. If I was Mormon, if I was Catholic, if I was any religion is going to have. And if I was non-religious, it's going to have some. My core beliefs are going to have an effect on policy and stuff. And I think people understand that. The real question, the honest question that we need to ask is, do you have the ability to vote according to your constituents, not just a group following, but to the majority of your constituents? Or are you going to say, nah, I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to vote the way I think, the way I want. The ability to step back and say, okay, I've got, I'm representing 16 to 18,000 people, and um, the majority of them say this. I disagree with it. Okay, so then start talking to us on why you disagree. Right. You know, what, what, what is it about this? Well, well this is what I'm going to do. Exactly. And, then, and, and, if, and if you still, if, if I can't get the headway and I've got 16,000 people, the majority of them are saying, no, dude, this is a good precedent. You know, we're willing to negotiate against a maybe a bit more liberal budget because we're getting this and it's agreed upon. It was bipartisan when it came to you. You know, so I got to step outside myself and say, OK, the majority of my people say this is, you know, my constituents say this is the way we want you to vote. OK, I'll, I'll vote the way they vote. Uh, That's the leadership that we need. I want to talk quickly about a couple of the things uh, that, you know, we, we've got our charter of changes, which are the things that we need to think, you know, that we need to that we need to do to make Alaska you know better. Uh, one of them is change the players. You're obviously in favor of that because you're trying to change the player out here. Uh, Correct. You know, the uh, changing the venue, meaning that we hold the legislative session, Definitely. you know, somewhere on the road system. The big That's question. A must. Yeah. People are asking in the chat room right now. What about binding caucus? Are you a fan of are you? No, you with no. Them? And okay. no, that's crazy. Okay. Uh, I mean, I'm just, I'm <laughs> that's just, an emphatic no. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. No, I'm just I'm just checking. I'm just checking to make sure that you're I'm just letting everybody know. So you hear it. There's no. Yeah. <laughs> no uh, equivocation on that one. Um. And, uh, you know, of course, the other one is the conflict of interest rules. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, so where we have uh, somebody who's a uh, works in the oil industry making uh, making decisions uh, uh, that would affect the oil industry or commercial fishing or whatever. Every other elected body doesn't have that. Um, and, you know, they have to follow a different set of rules. Would you support, uh, you know, following the, the same thing, the conflict of I interest would. rules? Okay. I would. I, you know, there's... There's things about um, our state that are a lot different. You know, I, I think, um, like, I don't want to just come out and start saying things willy-nilly, but um, my my own self, this is a two- to three-term kind of thing. If I'm blessed enough to get reelected or, or get elected my first time, it, it's two or three terms and done. You're either moving up, moving out, or moving on, you know? Um and our state population is is small enough to where I believe kind of these conflict of interest stuff and and the, and how people change are almost necessarily going to happen. You're you're isolated right now down in Juneau for five months with the exact same people right. every single time you're down there. Right. And how much influence do they have when you eventually, quote unquote, come home and you're not talking to them at all? Right. 
But um, you were just so there needs to be a yeah. Okay. It, Brandon, I'm sorry. I'm running out of time here. I'm, oh, I apologize. Um, tell folks where they can find you, and if you're going to do any meetings or anything else, what do you what do you say quickly? They can find me my um, uh, B Carpenter forty two ninety nine B Carp forty two ninety nine is my email. Six seven one three three two three is my phone number. Uh, I've got a Facebook page, Brendan Carpenter for State Representative House District twenty seven. Um, and you come out to the valley, you'll find me. Okay. All right. Well, we hope to hear more from you, Brandon Carpenter. Thank you so much for coming on board and joining us. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. All right. Uh, hold the line for just a sec. Folks, we're out of time. Mike Shower up next. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. Brendan, before I uh, let you go here, one quick question. Um, you know, two to three terms. Do you believe in term limits? Do you believe it should be just a couple, three and done, or what? Uh, yes, yeah, I do. I, I agree with Nick Bagich. That's one of the reasons why I'm voting for Nick, between you and me. like I, that, well, Just it, you and me and 60 of our closest friends on Facebook. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I honestly do. I, 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 you know, I, I don't have to be told that. I just believe that's the way our system was kind of set up. I right. don't necessarily think that you, need, you should have to be told certain things. Like, you look at our system and the way it is, there's no way that our founding fathers thought somebody was going to be making a career out of this and stay in it for so long, especially after George Washington said, no way, you know. Right, more than right. this gives one man too much power. It's right. not, that's ridiculous. Let me uh, <clears throat> let me give you the opportunity here. Uh, give you the give me the sixty second elevator pitch. Uh, we bump into each other in the elevator, and you tell me you're running for state house. Why should I vote for you? Give me the sixty second elevator pitch here. Because I'm Alaskan, and if you live out here and you can vote for me, then you understand the true meaning of Valley Trash. Um, <laughs> and are you proudly Valley Trash? Is I am proudly Valley Trash proudly i it, it's in my blood and um and i know the meaning of the pf i have a full as intended original state pfd i understand the importance of doing everything and anything to get at the at a minimum the legislative session onto the road system um, i understand the need for a constitutional convention to change the way our judges are appointed and a few more things that have to do with the judicial branch of our government up here all right i think that there needs to be a lot of well yeah <laughs> no that's that's good uh it's good stuff i appreciate you sounding off again your phone number slowly one more time here for folks and uh i'll i'll type it in the chat room so that they have it there what's your phone number 907 uh-huh 671 okay 3323 all right uh, email the email is B as in boy, carp, first four letters of my last name. Okay. B carp4299 at gmail. At gmail.com. Okay. I will put that up in the chat room and folks can uh, get in there. And uh, and if they want to ask you questions or whatever, this is a good opportunity. Brendan, thanks for coming on board. See? We Thank got, you for having me. We got through it quick, right? It was pretty painless. It was. It went yeah. very quick. Yeah, so like I said, this is not uh, this is not hard stuff. So, well, I hope it wasn't too much theater, and it was, and I, and I, no, it was it was perfect. And I'll probably be calling you later for more contacts and epoxy. I'm just saying right now, I need to for real, yeah. no problem. All right, thank you, Brandon Carpenter, for coming on board. We appreciate it. I appreciate it as well. Thank you. Have a great day. All right. Um, 
Okay, Brandon Carpenter, our guest. Uh, we're ready to go here. Uh, we're waiting for Mike Shower to be joining us here. He's going to be. Um, um, uh, he is going to be um, hopefully joining us via um, our new uh, our new software here. So we might actually have a video with Mike Carpenter with uh, Mike uh, Shower uh, this morning. Okay. Um, <clears throat> Let me go back to some of the comments here in the chat room because I had some things that I wanted to take exception with. I want to take some exception with this stuff. Does he understand that there's a binding caucus, asked Sandy. My response was, um, there is no binding caucus for the Republican majority. And then uh, Karen uh, came back in and said, um, uh, the, the Republicans bind with the majority. You know what she meant. Well, no, I don't know what she meant because... The Republicans don't bind with the majority. They may vote with the majority occasionally, but there's no binding caucus. There's this, there. I don't know what you're trying to say here, Karen, but you're wrong. <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean to be rude, but that there is no binding caucus between the Republican minority and the majority. Um, there is no binding caucus in the Republican minority at all. So uh, that's you know, the, the, and he and you heard his response. He is adamantly opposed to the binding caucus. So that makes uh, that makes good sense right there. Uh, that's that's there is a binding caucus, and I'm not wrong. The majority, the Democratic majority, has a binding caucus. the The minority has no binding caucus. So uh, you can claim that you're not wrong all the way to the sky, but. You're wrong. There is no, this was actually a big thing that, you know, as they organized, that was actually one of the big sticking points was that there was no binding caucus. So I don't know how you're trying to conflate different things, but that's not, sorry, wishing it's true does not make it true. They may vote with the, uh, with the majority from time to time, but they are not bound to vote with the majority. There's a big difference in that. So just. That's, that's how it works. So, sorry to tell you, that's how it works. All right. Um, <clears throat> I am looking for, uh, I am looking for uh, Mike Shower, And he is, uh, is, he, is he in here yet? He's not in here yet. Um, <clears throat> okay. Yeah, the last binding caucus on the Republican side was in the Senate in 2020. And that's why Mike Showers fought so diligently against it, because he was the victim of the binding caucus at that point. That's how he got shellacked and lambasted by many of the other things. Okay, um, I guess I'm making a phone call here because um, um, I don't uh, I don't see you coming up. We're almost uh, we're almost to the uh, we're almost to the top of the hour break. Uh, coming back, I'm going to get a hold of Mike Shower, see if we can get him on the air real quick. And uh, he and I had a talk last night, so I know he was planning on coming on this morning. We'll see if we can get him going on. Mm. Mm. All right. Hey, look at that. I see the phone is ringing, and I see I don't need to mess with the phone anymore. All right, here we go. The Michael Duke Show continues. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Share the show. Like this video. Let's get it going on. Here we go.
Whoa, buddy. Put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Oh, yeah. Across the world on the interwebs uh, at MichaelDukeShow.com, on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitch, everywhere you can find us. We're all over the place. And, of course, across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator, it is The Michael Duke Show. And uh, and I'm loving, I'm loving. Today is going to be a good day. We are now getting ready to be joined by our friend, uh, State Senator Mike Schauer, who's about to jump in with us on this and talk about all the things that are fit to print. State Senator Mike Schauer uh, joins us this morning uh, for a discussion. Hello, my friend. How are you doing this fine day? Are you ready to try this newfangled technology? I'm ready to try it. I'm kind of shocked because you got a big old beard and I don't. So I'm yeah, I don't. Uh oh, uh oh, is that it? I got the beard and you, you have beard envy already this morning. I got is Santa it? envy? Yes. Santa envy. Oh man, see now you're making me feel old. Um, well, good morning, my friend. How are you? What what's uh, what's going on in your world? What's happening? You know, having to do the silly campaign thing and work a job as a citizen legislator and uh, blah, blah, blah. find myself a little busy these days. Yeah, no, I guess so. I mean, you know, 12 hours a day is uh, is not uh, is not uh, good enough for all of us. Hey, um, so let's uh, let's get started here and talk about some of the uh, some of the big things that are coming out, um, uh, you know, as this election progresses. I could see now that we're, you know, there's going to be a dividing line between old guard and new guard. Well, maybe I shouldn't say it old guard and new guard. What I would say is the business as usual crowd and the people who um, and and the people who want to make changes, the, the, the pro government versus the pro private sector crowd. We can see these races lining up and things starting to shape up. And you had talked earlier that if you hadn't had an opponent, you would want to be. Um, you would want to be uh, helping out some of these races consolidate to make sure. So let's talk a little bit here as you've watched this thing kind of unfold here and coming up to the primary, what your thoughts are and things that are going on there. Well, you definitely have the old guard. There's no doubt about that. Um, you can see it in the comments and who's lining up for what uh, as far as who they're supporting and who's getting money. Um, you know, I go to a lot of these campaign events because I'm trying to support people in the House and help them out. Um, just to, for once, it would be nice if we actually had control of the House and a few Republicans didn't decide to give control to the Democrats. So that's rather amusing um, in a bad way to see that happening. 
So you have the house members. It's a little weird because I'm not used to staring at myself. I'm used to just talking on the radio. This is really strange. You could just, you, you could just, uh, for those of you on the radio who are listening, I'm using this new piece of software. We're actually looking at Mike Shower this morning, talking to him, and he's like, "Just don't look at, just don't look at yourself. Look at me. Look at me." I have to stare at you or something. It's weird. <laughs> Turn my own off. This is odd. Yeah. So yeah, the old guards out. Uh, you know, you're seeing it. Uh, we had the SEC meeting for the Republican Party couple of weeks ago and one of the old guard guys there that's been around forever you know one of the political kingmakers he's up there telling you know stories that were not true but of course folks like myself when my name was used was not allowed to rebuff those myths mistruths otherwise known as lies um so that you know the things are coming out there you've got people uh you know uh, spreading rumors about all kinds of different candidates you know i heard one from uh, ken mccarty actually it's kind of funny a couple of weeks ago at the bear paw parade oh ken's gonna drop out and uh, I asked him that, you know, just a couple of days ago. I said, Ken, rumors on the streets, you're going to drop out? No, no, not not a plan on it. So it's kind of funny. And you think, well, he's running against Merrick. Wouldn't be surprised. You know, the, this is what happens, right? The rumors come out. And, and I've, I'm seeing this up here in the Valley, too. You know, I've seen the, the name of my opponent, you know, so the, the name's old school. And you got the, the mayor and the others. They're all tied together. And I've realized, Michael, we're back to that small town sheriff and that small town judge. They're related. They're corrupt. But they control everything, right? So now you got the old guard that they're all related to each other. They all want certain players that are going to go along, get along, do what they want. And now the things come out. Right. Now there's an opportunity to try to, you know, put the chess pieces on the board the way they want them. They've been losing. I mean, a lot of their old guard folks are gone. This is interesting to watch ranked choice voting because you could see a race like Roger Holland with Kathy, Kathy Geisel, the one Democrat. There is no way that Kathy Geisel could win that district. Except, thank you, Scott Kendall and Alaskans for better elections than the rest of them. Right. Now there's a chance because the Democrat and Giesel could split that vote um, and the conservative votes will go to Roger. But the rest of them, um, you know, will be split between those two. And that's enough to put one of them over the top. So there are some interesting things taking place that otherwise would not be happening with except for ranked choice voting. And you're seeing the old guard circle the wagons trying to get the candidates. And it's fascinating to watch because I was joking with Michelle the other day. I said, I better get my body armor out and put it on because I got to protect myself from all those knives that are sticking out of my back now from <laughs> people that have been my buddy for the last five years. All of a sudden, they're like, and like, hmm, this is interesting to watch. Right. So, you know, I have to watch my back and remember. Look, a soft target. A soft target. We'll just swing a it on. Yeah. I need to put that plate in the back, man. Make sure I protect my back from the knives sticking in it. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, you have made, uh, you definitely made some friends, but you've also made some enemies. Uh, we were just talking about the binding caucus. The last time the Republicans were subject to a binding caucus was in 2020 in the uh uh, in the state Senate. And of course, you were on the receiving end of some very <laughs> unsportsmanlike conduct, I think is what we would say there in the long run of the deal being changed of, uh, you know, censorship of trying to throttle your First Amendment rights of just taking a stand on that. And, uh, and, and we, we, you know, we've luckily gotten away from that now. And I know you've done a lot of work to try and suss this out and figure out a way to eliminate the binding caucus altogether. But this seems to be the direction that everybody wants to go. You, again, we've got Dan Sadler and others running around saying we really need a binding caucus. It's the only way we can get work done when that's obviously not the case. Well, look at it now. We got the work done. 
I remember Joel Hall, one of the big union leaders from down in Anchorage, you know, they've always got their fingers in the pie because there's so much power there with the, the and money that they have. And I remember her in the Anchorage Daily News uh, a couple of years ago. Well, when we were forming up for 2020 or 2021-22, there's no way they're ever going to pass a budget without a binding caucus. It's impossible. It's never going to happen. It's going to fall apart. And like, we passed the budget. Matter of fact, we had the biggest PFD we've ever had. Should have been statutory. Thank you, House. Right. Um, we put money in the capital budget. And yeah, part of that's because of the price of oil has gone up as did the you know earnings of the permanent fund but that's when you use the money when you have it so we don't have one in the senate because you talked about you know what diesel and coghill some of the others and how they play that very unethical game and abuse their power and those of us that voted the way we wanted to we got punished right and i, I feel like a kid sometimes what am i getting punished for as a sitting state legislator when i'm supposed to be doing my job um, and doing what I think is best for the people, you know, in my district in the state, the house, um, minority doesn't have one, the, the Republican or the Democrat minority in the Senate doesn't have one, but the house majority still does. So there are people that desperately want that Mike, because that's lazy. There's no leadership required. You don't have to work for it. At the end of the day, you get to tell people how to vote and they're pretty much going to do it or else. And then, you know, whatever the president or the house speaker wants, they get. Because procedural votes, we saw them used as a weapon. Oh, that's never going to happen. Well, it did. I'm here to tell you. Right. You know, and you know, I won't repeat that story. But I mean, I went across the country to every dog on state, asked a question. Hey, do you guys use this? I explained exactly what it was. And they're all like, no, that's crazy, man. That's like a banana republic. That's a, you know, that's a third world nation. That's unconstitutional. I heard all kinds of interesting language. Point being is that everybody else out there seems to be able to make it happen, except Alaska. Strangely, we have to force legislators to vote against their will. <laughs> Get the job done. And if without that, it's just not possible, Mike. Well, right, and, well. and it, you brought it to the point that in some states, I mean, not only is it uh, not used and, and illegal, but unconstitutional according to their state constitutions. I mean, this is not something that this is, uh, um, you know, that this is uh, something great. This is something that's actually not just bad, it's unconstitutional. Yeah, one state senator I talked to in the Deep South, he actually said that, and he had to be pull up his constitution, and uh, he reread it right there, and it's got a line right in it that talks about not ever being able to promise your vote for anything, um, and it's right in their constitutional language that you can't do that. So, yeah, some places it's illegal or unconstitutional. Other places, they're just smart enough to know better. That's just not something you do, but here, apparently, we think it's okay, and I've read it to people, and I had a bill. I mean, I got it to the rules, and the rules chair held it up this year. I made it through two committees in the Senate. And, you know, I've, I've read it multiple times on the floor and I've read it in committee and it says right there in our own statutes, you cannot force a legislator to vote for anything they don't want to vote for. And, you know, you can't keep them from voting for something they want to vote for. It's a felony if you do so or the quid pro quo of exchanging something of value. And I've looked at people and I think about, you know, that former House, you know, member that's going around telling people we have to have a binding caucus. I'm like, you do realize it's a felony, you know, to promise your voter to ask somebody to vote for or against anything. Right. And. And they say, well, you know, there's not really anything in exchange for value. I go, if Michael Dukes gave me a thousand dollars and promised to vote for something, we could both go to jail. But you can hand a committee chairmanship of, say, finance co-chair that's going to have billions of dollars flowing through their hands, <laughs> or committee chairmanships going to determine the laws we live under in this state, and that's not something of value. But if we horse trade that all the time and promise for your votes, it's just <laughs> right. Yeah, like you just shake your head and go, what are we doing here? Yeah, it's we yeah. consider that now. It's insane. And again, some of these people are talking, uh, it seems like, uh, uh, out of both sides of their mouth. Uh, Tawny in the chat room just said, Dan Sadler sent dirt in Canada for him. He didn't believe in the binding caucus. But yet I know for a fact, because I've spoken to several folks directly 
and I know that you've had a conversation with him that uh, this is what he is hoping for. He's hoping for a binding caucus out there. And In the last couple of weeks, Mike, I've talked to multiple candidates who have gotten calls from Mr. Sadler convincing them of why we must have a binding caucus. So I'm fascinated if he's telling people on one hand he doesn't believe in it, then it, that must not be true because he's calling them and trying to convince them of why they must have it. Right. Interesting. Right. It's uh, it's interesting stuff for sure. As you've gone out and about, what is the uh, <clears throat> what is the uh, big thing that your constituents are talking about, Mike? What do people care about right now? I mean, I could say PFD. I could say budget. I could say Roe v. Wade. I could say gun rights. What What are you hearing on the street, so to speak, as you go through out there? There's still a lot of leftover from COVID, I think, that I'm hearing from people. And, and when I say that, there's you know concerns about the shot mandates that people didn't want to get it. You know, they want to have the freedom to choose, you know, my body, my choice, right? Until it's an issue that you don't agree with, I guess. And they are concerned about their jobs. I'm still getting from people in the military, you know, Guard Reserve and active that are don't want to take the shot. So that's not really gone yet. I would also say that in relation to that, there's still the economic malaise we're suffering. Of course, you have the price of food, fuel, et cetera, with inflation and that is probably you combine what's left over with COVID to the price of commodities right now for people to survive um, with those that are hoping or, you know, still worried about having a job if they have one. Those are probably the biggest things that are out there. So people like always, they're more concerned about what's affecting them in their wallet and being able to survive. I think a little bit more than the political battles. That's not to say that PFD is not important. If you bring it up, of course, people still um, want the PFD. They still don't want us to touch it. They still wants to follow the law. Um, but I would start putting things like the budget and those others further down the list right now, because as all things like Pavlov's, you know, dog, what's your hierarchy, you know, breathing, water, food, you know, the basics, shelter right. over your head, a job, et cetera. And I think that's the order I'm mostly seeing from people right now is like, you know, hey, we need um, and I don't know what you can do in the state level. I mean, you can't turn around inflation like that. Right. And, and what federal the federal government does on policies with oil and gas, drilling, mining, et cetera. I just watched a, a clip from Sullivan last night talking, uh, holding up uh, some nominations um, because of what they're doing with the, you know, 26 Biden executive orders that are all directed at Alaska. So there's a lot of that going on. And I think people feel that angst right now. So I'd say that's at the top of the list, at least for the moment. Well, this is the James Carvel thing. It's the economy, stupid, all over again, right? I mean, that's really what it's all about is that people are caring. We came out of recession, went into COVID, you know, took the beatings and the blows, didn't get a PFD, didn't get this, you know, the the things that we are owed and deserve in that regard. The economy's still suffering. Inflation's out of control. So, I mean, of course, the economy is number one on people's minds. Hmm. Uh, yeah, it's it is most. In, I mean, it is. That's that's what's on their mind. So say what you want um, on what people are concerned about, but that's definitely the. I, th I would say probably the number one thing is uh, is the economy, jobs. You know, the price of food and fuel and stuff. Some of that's things we can't control. You can help with like the PFD. You know, as as a help for people, but that's that's the limit of what you've got. So. I don't know, Mike. We'll see. Uh, you know what happens out of this, but a lot of this is on a national, international level that we can't control. Right, Mike Shower is our guest. Uh, we're talking with him. We're going to continue our discussion here in just a moment. Don't go anywhere. Uh, we're going to be back with more. It is the Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. We continue with Mike Shower in just a hot minute. Back with more. Right after this, don't forget to check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash Michael Duke Show. 
If you would like to uh, come on board and join us, now's the time to do it. Up next, we're going to be talking about <clears throat> ranked choice voting and all the other stuff. We got uh, more. We'll be back right after this. Regularly heard on American radio. Michael Duke Show. I've got too many buttons to play with. That's all I can say right now. I got too many buttons to play with, and uh, Mike and I are are doing. I am playing with a new software. I'm trying to figure out. This is the first time I've actually had somebody live in video, and so Mike, first things first. Uh, you got yourself a soft cloth there. Can you wipe your camera lens? Because you've got the Vaseline Star Trek beauty thing going on there. Okay. Know. Okay. I'm just, I mean, you know. That's a finger. It's, it's, you're, you're beautiful. You're beautiful. Know, okay. This is new stuff. It's, it's, hey, you fly a jet. This is not a big deal, right? I'm just saying, dude. I don't normally stare at myself in the jet when I'm looking at it. I'm like, I see that stuff. Well, you'll notice, you'll notice when I do the show that I'm not actually looking at the camera all the time because that's a weird thing to look at the camera. I'm actually, I am looking at myself, but it's kind of, I'm looking at the side of my face. So I've done, you get used to it. You get used to it. It's all, it's all good. Um, all right. Um, so, uh, so how's, how's things going? I mean, we're, we're in the break, so we, we can kind of let our hair down what's left of it anyway. Um, and, uh, you know, how's, how's things going? I mean, you, you, how's the, how's the, I will say you're by your way, your opponent not responded to me at all. I've reached out to him through his website, his email bounces back and everything else. But what do you, what, what do you, what do you say? Well, I mean, I, I, people just need to learn where everybody stands. I mean, my record is pretty open. Well, it is wide open to the public. You know, I'm cracking up on some of these comments because I don't normally look at them, but you got your standard haters here. Boy, you got plenty of them, at least a couple out there. That's, that's oh, yeah. pretty amusing. Yeah, that's, that's. Um, it's, it's the point you get to where I'm like, I just look up. Oh, ignore 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 keep going to the other one so it's pretty funny i don't know how you do that uh, you just yeah, I mean, keep on scrolling they see me scrolling, scrolling and on. Ignoring. Uh, yeah it's it's going to be interesting because like i said a lot of the uh a lot of the old guard if you will they're uh um they're circling towards their my challenger but then that's the name right and i'm just looking at people and say you know choose wisely think what you want because you know, when you hear comments like, well, I support a statutory PFD as long as the budget's fully funded, uh, that would be code word for you don't support a statutory PFD. That'd be what my challenger's saying, <laughs> you know, things like that. So be careful. You know, I support a defined benefit plan for every state employee. There goes your PFD because that's something <clears throat> we can't afford. That's the reason we're going away from it. So right. these are not these are not folks at a person. This is just policy positions. You know, these are the things he's saying he supports. So. It's going to be interesting to see because he is a lifelong state employee. My guess is that's where the loyalties are going to lie. And he's also a big union guy. So, you know, you're going to have to make your choices about where you stand on things and and uh, what those person, what that person would be likely to support. I've been pretty clear on the PFD, following the law with it. Uh, we got constitutional issues, too, on things. But, you know, Mike, um, I put the people first on this throughout my entire time here. And that's to include having to take on the establishment and lose all my committee chairmanships and blah, 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 because I voted for the PFD as a primary thing following that law because it's important to the people. So the challenge is there. Um, people have to choose. 
and you know the fangs are out like i said i look back it's really funny it's like i literally feel like i'm in a small town in southern alabama you know where the corrupt sheriff and the judge you know rule everything and i'm looking at it and i'm going walking around like so that's why i need my body armor on for the knife sticking in my back I'm like oh okay Actually, i see how this is going to be all oh, you guys been smiling at me for a couple of years and now you think you can get your buddy in there so now it's going to be like we're over here at these little meetings and you can see who's over there together and i've got certain people won't even come up and say hi anymore i'm like yeah. Okay. I got Happy it. That. Yeah, I got so. it. I understand. <laughs> totally. Um, the, uh, Shana asked in the chat room, was the CONCON meeting recorded that shower did the school of government? She was bummed. She couldn't make it. Is that up on the school of government side or. Yeah, I think, uh, Edna DeVries that runs it, I'm pretty sure that they archive them. So I think you can go to school of government and look back Although I've never tried to do that. My guess would be their archive and you can just go there and pop on one and pull it up. Yeah. Um, all right, we are about 45 seconds out right now. Uh, Tawny asks, what software is I'm using StreamYard to use the new stuff, and it could handle a mixed forum meeting in person online. I could actually have up to eight guests in the uh, in the video chat at one point. So we could definitely have us a forum. We could have us a roundtable. Maybe we should just get all the like-minded small government folks together and have a show just with them. That would be fun. Uh, we'll have to try that out. All right, uh, coming up on it. You just heard the ding. Time to get to it. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Like and share this show. If you're on YouTube, subscribe, ring the bell, do all the things. Let's uh, get it going. All right, welcome back to the program. Continuing now, uh, Mike Schauer is our guest, GOP state senator from District E, now candidate for District O, because they can't decide to leave the letters and numbers alone, because it just keeps confusing us. Uh, Yeah, it'd be like, that's crazy, huh? Uh, Mike, so um, a couple things people want to talk about the... um, People want to talk about the Constitutional Convention, and people want to talk about ranked choice voting. And so I know <clears throat> these are both favorite topics for you. So if you want to, uh, if you want to uh, get into the, uh, the ranked choice voting first, I guess, and then we can, we can talk about the CONCON with whatever time we've got left and then whatever you want to hit on. But let's talk a little bit about ranked choice voting. Uh, we've already seen some of the major candidates. It was in the paper yesterday that uh, during the forum on Monday that uh, both Baggage and Palin, uh, Palin was adamant. Baggage was like, yeah, this needs to go. And Peltola was like, I like to see it because it brings more people from the metal. Uh, but what uh, what do you think the reaction is going to be from the constituencies? And what are you hearing about ranked choice voting right now? I have not heard many people um, anywhere politically that seem to be overly excited about or thrilled about it. Uh-oh, hold on, getting a phone call. Okay, <laughs> so we're going to get uh, We'll get Mike Shower uh, on the. Uh, we'll get him uh, squared away real quick. He's getting a quick phone call, getting stuff squared away, and uh, we'll be back with him. While you're there, don't forget to check us out again on Facebook and YouTube this morning. And if you get a chance, uh, make sure that you uh, check us out on the Common Sense Core as well. Uh, the Common Sense Core is our cool kids club. 
It's where everybody comes down and uh, hangs out together. We've got our own private Facebook chat uh, where we can hang out and talk about things and do all that. And, uh, uh, you know, so make sure you do it. Go to MichaelDukeShow.com and click on Join the Core. All right. Uh, we're back here. Uh, you're delayed, right? Uh, of course. <laughs> of course you're delayed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, down there, he's like, your schedule, right? I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. you're delayed. Uh, so I'm sorry. Rank choice voting. What are you hearing? What You found nobody that's been excited about it. Tell me what's going on. Yeah, I'm not seeing many people excited about it except the people that made it because then they believe that that's, I mean, look, this thing was instituted. I mean, I've heard Scott Kendall actually talk about how instituted for Murkowski because she wasn't going to get through the primary and get reelected. And that's, that's their reliable vote. So lover or hater, um, the reality is that's where we, I think really primarily ended up with this system and that's been swirling around for some time, but I'm not, <laughs> most places I go, Mike, I get nothing but a bunch of questions about it. How's it work? What am I supposed to do with this silly thing? This is ridiculous. Um, you know, not very positive comments. I've said it before. I'll say it again. One of the best studies I've seen, and we had that uh, professor of political science from one of the Ivy league schools multiple times on committee, they talked about it and he's done the deepest dive that I've been able to find on RCV and the average disenfranchisement rate is about 11%. That's Dr. That's Dr. Fred Van Vanicom, right? For those of you out there uh, who is doing it, right? As far as the professor? Yeah. Was it Van Vanicom? No, it's a, a different name, but uh, yeah, he's from back East, you know, and uh, he, like I said, we had him on the committee and with 11%, you start thinking yourself, well, if we had 400,000 last election, 44,000 votes, we're going to toss. And people think this is a good thing. <laughs> like, right. we don't normally toss more than a couple thousand votes. And that's right. that's a big deal if we do that, right? So that's a big one. And it's much higher amongst minorities, English as a second language, senior citizens, you know, et cetera. So their rate can be sometimes as high as 25%. So I'm going to be hard-pressed to find somebody that's going to explain to me how disenfranchising and tossing the votes of that many Alaskans is somehow a good thing. We'll see. But you may have noticed what came out already in just the primary, which the ADN, not known for being center or right, um, reported on, was that we had, uh, I think we're up to somewhere like 8 or 9% disenfranchisement rate or right, cost of those right. ballots. So that's getting real close to that national average. And you start tossing those votes. I don't care who's on this thing talking. You explain to me how a system that tosses that many votes from especially the most vulnerable populations that supposedly we care about and making sure they're able to vote and says that's a good thing. So, um, and I've had uh, discussions with a lot of people, Mike, and m many of them very educated, and they're still struggling with how to do this. And a lot of it comes down to strategy. Well, what if I don't want to vote for that person? Just one? Well, you can do just one. But then if that person falls out and your vote's gone. Well, what if I put down number two? I don't want to put down. Well, if you don't do that, well, in this case, like the governor's race, and then the other two candidates might win because they'll put down the other person as a second vote. And then that person is going to get bumped over the first one. That was your first choice. But what? Right. Right. <laughs> like, well, ah! and we've seen that reaction here in the chat room and in, in listeners who have said, you know, look, I'm done with Dunleavy. I'm just Dunleavy. I'm Dunleavy. I don't want to vote for him and, and everything else. But, you know, Charlie Pierce is my guy or Chris Kirk is my, whoever your guy is, but I'm not voting for, but there's a strategy to this. You know, I am per I'm voting for Charlie Pierce. I've made no po no bones about it. I'm voting for Charlie Pierce. If he gets in through the primary and, and gets to be the top four, he's going to be my number one pick. That doesn't mean that I'm not picking Dunleavy as number two, because I would still rather have a Mike Dunleavy versus a Bill Walker or a Les Guerra. I mean, it's a defensive vote at that point. In fact, I'm going to be voting... You know, Charlie, Charlie Pierce, Mike Dunleavy, and then I'll probably write in one of the other candidates uh, as a third. But I am no way putting a three or four on either Walker or Guerra. You can't just say I'm one and done in this system. If you do, 
we'll end up with a Les Guerra or a, or a Bill Walker as governor because there's got to be some strategy here. I know people are angry, but and the thing is, this is so convoluted and for many people so confusing, they're just going to want to do the one and done. Well, see, I, I read what Sean writes here, and I disagree. Most angry people at RCV are Republicans can't figure No, that's not it. I've heard it from everybody. I've heard it from libertarians, independents, undeclared Democrats. It's they're, They can't understand it is the problem. They're worried that their vote's not going to count. It has nothing to do with being angry about it. The people that are angry are angry that it got Shanghai through the people for dark money when that's not the reason that we have RCV. It wasn't about RCV at all, or wasn't about dark money at all. Passing this was to make sure Murkowski get elected. So Sean's absolutely 100% wrong with his comment on this one. Um, that the problem you're running into now is, like I said, it becomes about strategy and other things. If you have a simple race like mine, it's easy. There's two people, right? Put down your one vote, just, just fill in one bubble, and whoever gets the most votes in election night wins. But if you had two Republicans and two Democrats, which looks likely, for example, in the governor's race, and all of the people that are on the Democrat side for voting for Walker and Garrett say, I'm going to put this one as my number one, but this is my number two, and they put all their votes there. When one of those inevitably falls off, all those votes go to the other one, bumps them up to potentially win. If you're a Republican, conservative, you know, independent, whatever, lean center or right, and you don't want a Governor Walker or Garrett, but you only put down, let's say, like you, Michael, you only put down Pierce, and you don't put down Dunleavy, if Pierce falls off, your vote's gone. It's out. And Dunleavy's stuck with what he has, and those secondary votes won't go to another Republican, even if he's not your favorite, to bump him up to stay in the lead and win. You don't have to ultimately get more than 50% of the votes. On the last round, with the last two people standing, you just have to have the most votes. So there's a strategy here to this, depending on, is it you know just two people in that race? Is it three? Is it four? How many Republicans? How many Democrats? So there's a lot more to this. And so um, I, I, people keep talking about how great this thing is going to be. I'm like, well, Sean, if you think that it's okay to toss out 40,000 minority votes, most of those are going to be Alaskan natives, black, brown, et cetera. All right, I guess that's a cool system for you, but I disagree. I think people's votes should all count and we should have ballot curing and ballot tracking and the other things we try to get passed um, so that everybody's vote will count. That's not going to happen this time. Right. And I bet you, Mike, we'll see, but I bet you there's going to be a, a pretty loud outcry to get rid of this thing after the election cycle. But we'll see. I'm trying to educate people on it. Be smart about it. Do do your best. Understand it. But if the national average holds and, and we toss out 10, 12 percent of the ballots, that's not going to look real good. No. And by the way, we've got top four. Every other state that's only been tried top two. Top four gets even much more complicated. So now you've gone to a third and fourth round, if you will. Right. And Maine only had top two for RCV, not four. Right. This is very different. I uh, yeah, I'm going to be ranking the red and the yellow. That's my that's my play. Everybody else saying rank the red. I'm ranking the red and the yellow. I'm voting Republican and Libertarian. <laughs> Maybe write-ins, but that's what that's what I'm doing. I'm not putting any. Right. I'm yeah. not putting any Democrat down in the three and four category at this point, just because it gets too confusing. And I agree with you. I think that there's going to be some pushback. Uh, after this is over and, at, you know, come November, after this election is over, I think people will be like, what did we actually do? And quite honestly, that will be the time uh, when it can be changed. And I hope that they uh, um, and I hope that the legislature then will take action. It will be beyond the two year mark so they can take action at that point. But, uh, yeah, I hope that they do. Uh, at, didn't Maine dump the system because it sucks? Asked Scott. Yeah, they, 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 there were several states that picked it up and then put it back down because it was such a hot mess by the time it was all said and done. And by the way, that was only top two, not top four. Yeah, you still had just that night election. It was one of those two people that made it to the the general election. Now you've got four of them. 
Right. You get to a second, third round and those votes and where they get redistributed. And as our own lieutenant governor himself said, well, we have to have the machines tabulate it because it's too complicated for a person. The machines have to tell us who's going to win. I mean, Mike, the stuff. Well, this, and that raises questions about recounts and everything else. I mean, if you if you ask for a recount, then what happens if you have to have the machines tabulated? I mean, what happens now, there? Educate yourself is all I can tell you. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm telling people we're stuck with it for now. We'll look at it next year. Um, but get educated. Think about your strategy. Talk to people if you have questions. Um, and just remember, the primary is coming up here in two weeks. In two weeks is the primary for the general election. That's just one bu- That's one bubble. You pick your favorite. Yeah. We'll talk about it again before the general in November when it gets more complicated. But the votes are coming up fast, folks, two weeks from now. So, And you can vote early. And by the way, I recommend you vote in person because if you do make a mistake, the, the, the workers can give you another ballot and say, you screwed up right here, fix this. They can't tell you who to vote for, but they can say, hey, this is where you made a mistake. You need to fix this one. You'll have a chance, in essence, to cure your ballot. If you're right. doing absentee or mail-in ballot, folks, and it's in and you make a mistake, it's probably not going to be cured. You're done. So just right. FYI, well, if you have the opportunity, vote in person. Because there is no curing process at the state, right? I mean, that's the problem is that there's no curing process right now for this. Not really. So it's probably not going to happen based on where we are. So I just recommend people right now, there's strategy to how you vote. The primary is easy. You only get to vote for one person. There's not really strategy. Go vote in person, though, if you have the opportunity, just because you'll have a chance to fix your ballot if there's a mistake. And your recommendation is, of course, don't just go be one and done. That you know, at least, you know, that we that you need at least to uh, to to make a secondary choice, if nothing else. You know. Yes, but let's be clear. Coming up, I just want to be clear on that. That is for the the congressional seat here in two weeks. Yes, because you're going to have to rank them because it's a rank choice vote for the general for just Don Young's seat. I hate to say his seat is the people's seat. But it's the primary for the state. So that's just one bubble per, you know, you got four, 12 choices for governor, you pick one. You know, two, uh, three choices for your state senator, you pick one. All of this ranked stuff, the ranked choice with the strategy, that's going to be in November, Mike. So I just don't want people to get too spun up yet. There's well, still no, a couple but months. That's away. the confusion. Again, the confusion is you've got the regular jungle primary, which is everybody on one ballot, vote one. And at the same time, you've got the special general election for the House seat, for the U.S. House seat, which is ranked choice voting. You also have a primary for that same seat on the other side of the ballot. I mean, again, it, we could figure it out, but for the average person walking in that has no clue as to what's going on, has not been paying attention, is not political in any way, it's going to be a mess because uh, you know, they're not going to understand what's going on. That is uh, the unfortunate truth. Most people are not going to educate themselves. Listen, I don't blame them. I'm not saying there's, there's anything wrong. Most people might live in life. They've yeah. got jobs and kids and things happening, and they don't have time to pay politics like most people on here do. you got the same people on here every week saying the same, the same things, us, them, all of us. Um, but that's the part of the citizenry that's involved for one reason or another. Most people aren't going to know that. Right. They're going to show up and say, hand me a ballot. Oh, I just fill out a bubble. What? What's this What's this engineering chart I'm looking at? What the heck am I supposed to? I mean, that's how it's going to go for a lot of people, and I don't see how you get around that. Most people are too busy living. They're not going to pay attention to this stuff. Why would they? Most people hate politics to begin with, and they're not going to go take a couple hours and uh, you know, research some and study some RCV system while their kids are screaming, they're hungry, or they got to you know get study for their own school or job, or they're tired or whatever it is. That's life, man. Yeah. So we're making this more difficult. I don't care what people say; it is more difficult, and it can be confusing. So this system is not going to be, um, I think, very helpful. And that's the complaints you see from other states and the studies that are done on it. Um, it disenfranchises the people that need the help the most. They just go, I'm done, not going to do it. 
All right, folks, we got more coming up. Don't go anywhere. The Michael Duke Show continues. We're going to be talking with State Senator Mike Schauer here in just a moment. We'll continue it. Uh, Con Con, whatever he wants to talk about up next. We'll be returning with more right after this on The Michael Duke Show. Our light, our guide, and our trusted friend. Okay, Mike Shower is our guest. We're continuing with him here uh, in the break, and uh, we'll keep uh, keep the discussions lively and keep things going here this morning. Um, as yeah, there's a lot of comments. Apparently, um, I just saw Eskimo Libertarian say uh, that uh, that it's it sucks that I hear like politicians like Hughes are spreading war- the wrong information. Somebody asked what she was saying, and uh, basically she said that. Uh, that uh, Shelly Hughes was saying, just pick one. She's also saying this makes the second place person win. Uh, again, there's uh, we know that there is some strategizing that goes on. We know that in other states, groups of Republicans have basically campaigned together to say, vote for me. And if you don't vote for me, at least put me as number two, because they're vying for that. That number two slot has a higher probability in the first round. The number two slot has a higher probability of, of winning in subsequent rounds. And so there is something to that. But again, you can't just throw your hands up and say, I, I, well, I'm gonna, I'm, I mean, I saw somebody say, I'm not voting for Palin no matter what. Well, I would rather have a Palin in there than a Peltola. I would rather have a, you know, of course, I would like to have baggage in there, but I'm going to be ranking one and two baggage and, and Palin because I would much rather have that just like I'm going to vote Pierce and Dunleavy because I would much rather have that than a Walker or a Guerra. You can't just throw your hand. I know it's tempting to just say I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. You, you got to have a strategy. Yeah, you're not wrong. Like I'm looking at Sean here because I mean I don't know where he sits on this, but it sounds like kind of in a different place than I am on it. But pick your favorite now. Pick the person you'd take if you couldn't have number one. Kind of right, but maybe he's paid attention. Maybe he's thought about it. Maybe he's researched a little bit or debated it with people. But most people aren't going to do that. Is the problem, and some people just don't want to acknowledge that they're going to show up and go. It says right in the example if you take DOE. Oh well, you know, pick all four. You got to rank all four. That's essentially. What, and I ask him. Hey, you've watched the DOE, you know, training. Yep. Oh, you got to rank all four because, you know, otherwise your vote may not count. I mean, the stuff that's coming out, Mike, has got people confused about what to do. Your point was the most salient one. Most people are not going to research this. They're going to show up on the day of the election and they're going to be handed a ballot and go, what the heck is this thing and how do I do it? First of all, your lines are going to take forever now because there's going to be 8 billion questions for people going through, you know, with the impro. How do I do this? What do I do? That's just reality. Yes. Less people are going to vote than we want to. I got it. It's could be more simple than it is made out to be by some. If you took the time to research it, I've done how many committee meetings and hours of radio shows and everything else talking about it. I get it. I can understand it. I know how it works now, but your average person isn't going to do it. And I don't, I don't reach 730,000 Alaskans, Mike, you know, free of social media and radio programs. We reach a few thousand. So many people still aren't going to know when you read and go through what DOE put out for their primer on it, it doesn't help people in the sense of really understanding what you're supposed to do. Because this strategy, they don't say rank the red or rank the blue if you're uh, you know, conservative or liberal. That's not what they tell you. Uh, you got to fill out these bubbles. you got to do this. So it is more complicated than um, 
most people are going to understand when they go in and see this unless they paid attention that's still a a small percentage of the population yes small percentage votes compared to the you know the entire population and a small percentage of that percentage is going to actually understand the system when they go see it so and there you go that's the bottom line mike that's why you're going to have a high rejection rate of ballots that's why many people especially of those uh, more vulnerable groups are going to be disenfranchised their votes not going to count you know we'll see where uh, we stand yeah. You know, somewhere around the middle of November, we'll see how all the people that have been talking real big on RCV goes. And if you can explain tossing out 40 or 50,000 Alaskans votes, good for you. Right. And then, you know, try to keep it. But I have a feeling a lot of people aren't going to be very happy about this when it's said and done. Well, like I said, uh, I will be uh, I'll be ranking the red and the yellow. We'll be doing the top Republicans and then Chris By and Sean Thorne. That's who I'll be voting for. Uh, just because I'm not going to be putting any blue on that for me this time around. And as Susie points out, the poll workers are the ones that are really going to be, they're the ones that are going to be feeling this because they're going to have to answer all these questions. And, uh, it's going to be, uh, it's, it's going to be, a it's going to be a hot mess for sure. Um, when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about uh, the constitutional convention. I want to talk about enshrining the PFD and a spending cap and the possibilities of those things happening without constitutional intervention. Um, and, uh, we'll see what, uh, and then of course, anything else you want to talk about, Mike, I've, I've, I'll give you the, I'll give you the bull by the horns there for the last, uh, uh, little bit here on this, but it would be good. Um, Donna Ardwin, who, uh, will never not get a highlight on my uh, chats here says it would be helpful to audit the first rank choice voting election, but not likely to happen with current leaders in Juneau. It would be helpful to audit. It would be easier to understand. And the problem is, is if they feel like that it can't be done except by machine, that's going to cause some consternation amongst people who are already have uh, who already have a built-in distrust of what's going on with the voting system right now, Mike. Well, I don't disagree with Donna. I mean, we we spent a lot of time talking when she was uh, still there in Juneau, and. I would agree that an, an audit of a new system like this would probably be something that would either show that it's not the best way to do business or it works and here's why and whether you could have faith in the system. I know we got a ding and we'll go back real quick, but I'd like to finish that thought or we can finish on the radio. Sure. This is a big deal. Yeah. I'll, I'll explain it on the radio. All right. Well, let's uh, let's get into that and then we'll kick things off. The Michael Duke Show. Helpful. I know. That's why it's there. Uh, the Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty Base, Free Thinking Radio. Here we go. All right, welcome back to the program. Continuing now, Mike Schauer, our guest, state senator for District E, candidate for District O now with the changes coming up. We're talking, we've been talking about the ranked choice voting system and a question or comment came up in the chat room earlier. Uh, Donna Ardwin, who's uh, listening to the show, said it would be helpful to audit the ranked choice voting election, the first ranked choice voting election, but it's not likely to happen with current leaders in Juneau, especially, as Mike was saying earlier, in light of the lieutenant governor saying that this is so complex, it can't be counted by hand, it needs to be done by machine, it leads to a lot of questions, and you were saying something right before we came back, Mike, so I want you to restart and then finish that thought, because we didn't get to the end of it. Well, one, Don is correct. I believe that if we're going to restore faith in the system, you'd want to do this anyways with such a new and what is a complicated system for the average person that's not really taking the time to pay attention, which is most citizens. And I can't blame them for living life and not paying attention to this, And even though we know it's important. So an, an audit would be 
helpful, I think, to either show the good or the bads of it, good, bad, and the ugly, and whether or not we, we want to keep it, right, moving forward. And can we trust, you know, the results of that election? So fine. A lot of this of what I've been doing anyways, as you're well aware, is not just to fix loopholes in the system, but it's to restore people's faith. I've asked for two years running for an audit of the 2020 election just so that people could come back and say, okay, we've done it. Here's the results. This is what we've got, good or bad, whatever. I don't care. It was about restoring people's faith in that. And both the lieutenant governor and the ledge budget and audit folks, the, the legislators in it were like basically pound sand. We're not going to do that. So I've asked directly, Mike, for that. Didn't get it. So I agree also that the chance of getting that with the current crop in Juno, not very likely. Um, it would be something we could do with a new organization, depending on who was to come back in January. We might take a look and go, OK, a new lieutenant governor willing to play ball. All right. We'll spend a couple million bucks and we'll do a, an audit um, or we could look at the legislature, depending on the makeup and go, folks, we want to restore faith. We want to see what people think. Let's do an audit of it and see where it stands. I don't really care, Mike. I don't know what's going to come out of it. I mean, the, the reality is maybe it'll come out and be pretty solid and that's fine. But it's about proving for people or basically restoring their faith. And somehow right. you've got to get there. If you don't you know, shore up some of these loopholes and change some things in the current system, if we don't do an audit to show people that an outside agency has proven that it, it's it's fine, how do you get there? If you just keep telling them words that, oh, it's fine, trust us all as well, which is what we've been dealing with for the last couple of years, people don't trust that. And I'm going to circle back again to my best Jim Basaki back to 2016 to 2020. I just watched an episode of uh, Bill Meyer, for, for goodness sake, you know, Mr. Lefty on HBO that I've been agreeing a lot with in the last year or two on some of his, uh, his uh, statements. And from 2016 to 2020, all we heard about was how vulnerable our election system was and how it was Russian collusion, now disproven, um, and the rest of it. And they didn't, the left didn't trust the system. And now since 2020, and, you know, Trump didn't get elected, now a lot of people on the right don't trust the system. The point is, a lot of people don't trust the system. Right. So let's do it. We need to restore people's faith in it. So that's the effort on that one. I wanted to finish that comment because I think it would be helpful, but um, it'd be interesting to see if we can actually get that done or not. Well, and, and on I, who's an author. I think that's a valid point because, uh, you know, you know, whether you were uh, whether you were in the Republican camp in 2020 or whether you were in the uh, Democratic camp in 2016, anything that damages the uh, that damages the trust in the electoral system is going to create problems. And so any tr any distrust in that needs to be sussed out and figured out because that's the, one of the cornerstones. It's one of the cornerstones of how we do business in this country and, and our system. And so. The distrust or people starting to uh, disbelieve in those systems causes problems. So, yes, we need to have that trust be restored for both sides. Yep. And, uh, you know, it's just this movement as well about the uh, I'm looking anywhere other than the screen. So I'm not staring at myself. This is really odd again. Um, this movement to get rid of the Electoral College and go to a popular vote. Some people think it's going to be the greatest thing since sliced bread. The problem you have, Michael, is you're going to have, you know, New York City and Los Angeles and Seattle and Denver and Atlanta. The big cities are going to control this nation. The big cities are where most of the people on the left go. So there's people on the right going, wait a minute, most of the country landmass is red. I don't want to, you know, if I live in Oklahoma or Montana or, or North Dakota, I don't want to be ruled by Los Angeles and New York City. So there's a danger. There's a, you know, a kind of a, its own brilliance for having an electoral system that allows every state to have input, whether you're rural or urban, big city or you're out in the farm somewhere. So um, that's another one of these many things we need to think very carefully about, because that's a dangerous move in my part is to go to a popular vote, because then you're going to allow those major population centers to control the rest of the country. Mm. Kind of like the difference between state governments, and federal government. Right. 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 You got round square, you know, and uh 
or round hole and square peg being pounded in by the federal government. Well, what works in Florida, New York, isn't necessarily going to work in Hawaii or Alaska. That was the beauty of the federated system, but we've become so powerful as a federal government that it is very difficult for states in a lot of cases. Look at the battles with Roe versus Wade and other things that are taking place. These should be state issues where the people locally decide it mm. and the federal government's deciding for us. And how do they handle it if we don't do what they want us to do? They take money, right? right. They take away funding for roads, bridges, other things and, and welfare, whatever it may be. And they twist our arms and force us to do it that way. So there's a lot of things we have that are not working the way they were probably intended to. State Senator Mike Schauer is our guest. We're uh, talking with him. We're down to the last uh, five or six minutes here, Mike. I had mentioned uh, the CONCON and everything else, but I'm just going to give you the floor. Whatever you want to talk about here, I think the CONCON is important, uh, but uh, you know, whatever's on your mind this morning is uh, okay with me. Well, I mean, we've talked about it before. I mean, we're going to keep talking about it, see where it goes. I mean, I'm going to do my best to educate people on that and tell them why I think it's important for the people because they control the process, right? People vote for it or not. People will elect the delegates and people will approve whatever comes out of a constitutional convention. It's still in the hands of the people. I don't believe the dark money is going to come in and, and sway the state. And the reason I say that is because you're going to elect delegates from every region, every district. So, you know, if you think the Matsu is going to send a bunch of wacky liberal, you know, delegates to the convention, you'd be a nutcase. If you think Juno is going to elect a bunch of conservatives, you'd be another nutcase. So, I think that it's going to look somewhat like the legislature. And that's not necessarily a bad thing because that means you go into the Constitutional Convention with a relatively balanced group that aren't just going to be all one side or the other. So all the fear mongering I hear, Michael, I'm not buying it, that it's going to be such a dangerous thing. And I've got a guy I'm talking to back east that's a multiple PhD um, working on his uh, Constitutional uh, Convention clearinghouse. And he wanted me to start pointing out, for example, that, you know, uh, the oldest, second oldest constitution, I believe, is Vermont or Maine, I'll have to go look it up again. But he's like, you know, they've they've held, I believe, something like 200 uh, or some just high number of constitutional conventions um, since they've had one. And he's like, it happens all the time. We've modified our own constitution multiple times in Alaska. So this is not some outlier event. Is that dangerous? It is certainly dangerous for people that want to maintain power, you know, big power brokers, you know, whether you're a big union leader, a big business interest, a special interest or whatever it might be to control your slice of the government pie. They like the system we have now. It works out just fine for them. But as we look at things like the PFD and the budget and how things have been working out, you know, for some time in Alaska, well, maybe the people aren't doing so well and being represented as fairly. So I think this is just a chance for the people to send delegates that they choose, work on issues that they believe are important that the legislature is never going to solve, control the process, control the vote at the end for whether these things pass or not, and have a chance to fix some things like the PFD, like the constitutional spending cap. And if there are other issues, that the convention wants to bring up that they think would be good for the long-term solution of the state for the next 10 years, so be it. And even after all that, Michael, there's nothing to say the legislature still can't look at things, right? Legislature can still take up issues as much as it wants, um, including constitutional issues. The people can bring up their own initiative as, as they have done in the past and change things. So this fear mongering is fascinating to watch. I'm not buying it. And, you know, I would, I would offer the other side. Instead of fear, I have faith and hope. I have faith that the people would do the right thing with it. And I have, I have hope they'll solve the problems this government just refuses to solve. Right. And if we don't solve some of these things and get them off the table, we're not going to move forward. So, um, you know, that's enough to say about it. We don't need to spend another half hour or hour on it. I just, I hope that the people will vote for it. We'll see how it goes, but a lot of money, 
um, is going to be lined up, and it already yeah. is millions and millions of dollars to fight it from those that want to keep the system the same way it's always been. Yeah, <laughs> well, we've already seen the numbers come in. $320,000 is how much the Defend Our Constitution uh, folks have raised. That's the John Coggill, Kathy Geisel crowd. Uh, so you know it's going to be a fight. When they're throwing that kind of money immediately into it, it's going to be a fight for sure. So we need to we need to be paying attention to that. Uh, down to the last two minutes here, Mike. Uh, final thoughts for today. Moving into next week, the uh, the primary happening here in in just thirteen days. What what are your thoughts? Well, just I would just implore people, and I know most of the people on this program already do it, but educate yourself on the primary and what's happening. Educate yourself on the issues and the candidates. Look and see what they stand for. Go to the websites. I've got one. You know, you got MikeShower.com. You got to buy that stuff and put it out there. I actually, have a website. <laughs> you can go look and see, you know, what happens and contact us, right? I mean, how are you going to get to people and reach them? So choose carefully, people, um, and educate yourself and spend some time, and, and including your own social circle, you know, your own friends on social media, your family, your friends at work, whatever, and try to educate them. I mean, every person we educate is one more person that will be less confused about this system, and hopefully we'll, you know, we'll have a good result. We'll see how it goes. But educating yourself is important. And taking the time to look at your candidates, I would recommend, as always, don't just look at the R or the D, uh, you know, in front of somebody's name or an I, especially an I, because I's typically are code word for Democrat in Alaska. So just be careful, take your time and, and educate yourself, but educate more than that for the people on this program, educate the people around you, because most of you here on this program already pay attention. It's the other people we need to reach, and that's where we're kind of weak. Mike Schauer, uh, GOP State Senator, District E, soon to be District O running for re-election and talking with us about a bunch of stuff. Mike, thanks so much for coming on board this morning. Sure, sure. All right, folks, we're up against it. Tomorrow is Thursday. We'll do some firearm stuff. Remember, I'm off on Friday and Monday. We will see you tomorrow. Have a great day. All right, hardest question for you, Mike. Sean's got the hardest question for you. I already know the answer to this, but uh, what people want to know, what's your favorite World War II aircraft? Okay, so you said it, but now you got to answer, and then I'll, I'll confirm it. It's a P-51 Mustang. That's your favorite. Duh. Yeah, it's not duh. even a question. Duh, it's not even a question. <laughs> I mean, I think most people, that's probably going to be the answer for World War II buffs. Although, the, <laughs> although as most of our favorite interesting aircraft, I think the Lightning is a very interesting aircraft. The P-38 is also a very oh. interesting aircraft. But... Yeah, I mean, if you gave me the chance to fly one, it would have to be the Mustang, the hot rod of the World War II fighter generation. No, there's no doubt in my mind whatsoever. No, not the F-4, Kevin. Sorry, Navy, <laughs> buff, whatever. Give me a break. <laughs> the Mustang's not even close. Watching so, uh, way too much okay. Baba Black Sheep is what he's doing. I can't write on this thing. Like, I was looking, trying to find a way to like answer like Sean and go, oh, it's this, but I, I can't do it. So yeah. it must be... Some other way. Um, yeah, not, some, some other way. you got to have people. You have to have people for that, Mike. That's how you have to do it. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's definitely a Mustang. There's no doubt in my mind. If I could own one airplane, if I could have flown one airplane, if I could have been born in one time to fly um, a fighter, in my opinion, it would have been World War II Mustangs. That would have been it. Maybe F-86s in, you know, in Korea. Right. Brand new jets, but gun only. Pretty cool, but still the Mustang. Oh, I just, no. And you, that would have been my and you and you have flown one right now. You've I yes, know I you've have. flown one several so, times actually. Yeah, so that's a that's a good deal. All right, well, tell me what are you thinking, uh, Mike? What what do you think of the technology? I mean, this is a you're my guinea pig on this. What are your what are your thoughts? 
I like it. Um, it's good. You're gonna. I'm gonna have to learn how to not focus on myself or see myself because that's weird. Then you get these mental pauses that you're not. You know, when you're not having to look at anything or just on the phone, you don't do. Right. And I'm gonna have to figure out how to. If there's a way to comment for people back, that would be kind of cool as well. But uh, I, you know, whatever. <clears throat> I, I haven't. I can't do it as a guest. I, I haven't looked at your end of the interface much, but I'll have to play around with it, see if we can get it, uh, see what we can do on that. But uh, I think people enjoy it. I think it's a good thing. It sees, you know, you get to see people, you get to understand it. It's good. So, uh, yeah. you know, this is this is the new, this is the new technology, my friend. This is how we're going to roll from now on. And I can. No, I like it. It's good. It'd be a little tough if I'm in a place without a good phone. I'll just have to go back, I guess, to the old school. But so yeah. Well, we always have that option. The option is always there. We did the same thing this morning with uh, Brendan. He had some technical issues and couldn't get into the uh, video chat. So that's fine. We'll, uh, we'll, 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 we're going to fine tune this as we go forward. But. Okay. It, it'll. It's, it's kind of fun to watch some of the comments. Sometimes they're like, "Yeah, whatever. Ignore that person." Like the standard, you know. Uh, somebody doesn't know how to do anything but say something mean, but uh, some of them are actually pretty funny. Right, so, I know. Yeah, go to you on your screen and pretend like you're looking at a mirror evil self. <laughs> yeah, I know. That would not be a bad. Just stroke it. Yeah, the thing, yeah. thing. Kevin said he has to put a shirt on to do the interviews, and that is a challenge, I suppose. See, that's, just a, that's TMI, Mike. I... That's TMI. <laughs> oh, <no. Nope. laughs> All right. Well, Mike Shower, thank you, my friend. It's always it's good to talk with you. Thanks for coming on board. All right, you guys take care. See you. All right, uh, folks, we are uh, we are out of time. We got to go. We're going to continue uh, tomorrow. We'll be doing uh, we'll be doing uh, more. What's this? Kevin McCabe show up at seven a seven o'clock at Floaters in Big Lake to support Kevin and Mike. What is that tonight? Is it tonight at seven? This week at seven? Hmm. Eskimo says she's more uh, used to this format. I'll have to try and wake myself more in the general. Yeah, tell me what's going on. Eskimo Libertarian, we're going to have her back on the program here in uh, as soon as well. This Friday, 7 p.m., floaters at Big Lake. Support Kevin and Mike. I will be out of town, unfortunately, but that's okay. All right, my friends. Well, we love having you on board. Don't forget to check out the Common Sense Core. If you want to financially support the show with few bucks a month, a cup of coffee's worth a month. This is how we get all this new fancy software and new equipment and new things that we can do. All of that stuff comes from uh, contributions for people like you through the Common Sense Core. Plus, you get to join the Facebook group. You get some free swag. You get, uh, you know, or access to cheaper swag. You could even have me take you to lunch or dinner or whatever. It's going to be fun. So, um Go check it out. Go to MichaelDukeShow.com and click on Join the Core. Join the Core. All right, my friends. Love y'all. Thanks for coming on board. Don't forget to like and share. Like and share this video. We'll be back tomorrow with more common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio.
We've shed our terrestrial radio skin, and now we are slimy lizard internet people. It's the Michael Duke Show.